A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, my friend, Blizzard continue to be blizzarding and making a stupid amount of money in regards to microtransactions, which brings about the conversation as to who the living hell is playing Diablo Immortal and just what the hell's going on with the casual versus hardcore gaming debate um, in terms of the business interests behind both sides of the particular coin. Now, Oz Technica report that Diablo Immortal has made around $49 million since um, its launch in microtransactions so far. That's across 10 million downloads on 30 days of availability, um, which makes it about $1.6 million a day. Not just bad, huh? Not bad for those guys, I guess, uh, in sheer microtransaction stuff. Now, all of this is only the mobile version so far as well. It doesn't factor in the PC version, um, which was the one that got 0.4 on Metacritic as um, you know, PC players and more regular Diablo players um, realized what kind of that game, what Diablo Immortal was really like. Um, so PC stuff isn't factored into that. Um, the game is also a hazard also just launched in Asia as of yesterday, as of the 7th um, of July, and apparently it's going to do huge numbers there as well because some territories like China are way more, um, you know, into mobile gaming overall anyway. So it's only going to get bigger. Season 2 of content's kicked off as well. Yes. So it's just, there's no stopping this train. I want to see what your thoughts are on this, and then we'll break down some I more think, Activision can, MTX can stuff. I, can I request something? Yes. Can we title this video, Blizzard is making it snow? Because they're making it so, <laughs> they're making so much money per day, and it's outrageous, oh. and yeah, there is so much to jump into. Specifically, yes. this is a model that, despite the backlash that you mentioned there in terms of the PC release, which mm. got an insanely downvoted Metacritic score, it's still doing well. It's still making yeah. lots of money every single day. It is on track, I guess, if the momentum keeps up, to make an insane profit when all is said and done. Mm. And that just raises the questions of who is buying into this title, how, what kind of market is it aiming for, and ultimately, is Blizzard going to care about the negative reviews if people are still acting with their wants. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. We'll talk about the Blizzard side of it uh, for a second because one thing doing the rounds at the minute is that Blizzard's own president slash boss or whatever, Mikey Barra, has got out there defending the game overall and defending the uh, the backlash, let's say, um, to especially the PC version. Um, now, I wanted to throw in here that Activision did make $5.1 billion. Billion dollars? Billion? Across 2021 on microtransactions alone. It accounts for 61% of their overall revenue um, as a company. Now, back to Ibarra, um, who was recently talking to the LA Times uh, in reference to Diablo Immortal. This stuff has been written up by GameSpot and various other outlets too. Um, but Ibarra said that going into Diablo Immortal, the premise was, how do we make a free Diablo experience for hundreds of millions of people where they can literally do, and this is very key quote, Come on. where they can literally do 99.5% of everything in the game. <laughs> um, he says, the monetization comes in at the end game. The philosophy was always to lead with great gameplay and make sure that hundreds of millions of people can go through the whole campaign without any costs. From that standpoint, I feel really good about it as an introduction to Diablo. Now, this is one of the specific quotes that's obviously riling a lot of people up because to so many people, this just ain't Diablo. It looks like Diablo. Right. Um, it, to some degree, plays like Diablo. But I think in regards to, especially what he's admitting here, they are monetizing the end game. They're monetizing the most hardcore players, which are the same sets of players that allowed Diablo to get this big in the first place, which is where a lot of the specific ire comes in. Yes, this is where we kind of have to get really granular mm. about what developers and executives say because, you yeah. know, on the surface, 
surface someone saying, look, we've given you this experience that you can play for free and enjoy, and we're only starting to charge in, in the end game. This is a free-to-play title. We mm. need to make money somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's like, on paper, a reasonable yes. argument. It's just when you get into how aggressively those microtransactions are being pushed. Mm -hmm. How does it affect the systems once you get to that um, part of the game? Like, does it become a pay-to-win experience? Mm -hmm. And all of those factors are kind of being ignored and kind of instead <laughs> replaced with this messaging of, look, like, we, we've look how much you're getting. Look how much you're getting. You know, yeah. you, you've enjoyed this. And it's just the end game. And I think that just the end game is a little bit facetious as well, considering yes. how important the end game has always been to any Diablo game. Like, that and. has been its tail. That has been its longevity. Because that's the whole thing with this, is that said end game, you know, the part of the game that a lot of seasoned Diablo players are going to be um, wanting to dive in for, you can't get to in about a week. Yeah. So as much as he's saying, look how much we're giving you, look how much you're enjoying this premium experience, um, a lot of people who have grown up with Diablo are going to hit the monetization side of it a lot quicker than the quote-unquote casuals um, that might be able to play it for weeks and months on end, but without grinding out all those levels before they hit that stuff. Um, we did another video on this, um, which came out just being called Blizzard. I think it was like Diablo Immortals, the worst game in the world, going off the fact that it's got the 0.4 on the Metacritic, uh, where I dove into all the loot box stuff and broke those things down. Now, we can get back to them if they come up, um, but the reality of the monetization side of it is that it does ostensibly have playable loot boxes. Yes. Um, you are, or you can, pay for certain keys to give you a better chance at getting better items when you access certain um, arenas or certain portals um, to go out to do combat and stuff inside them. You're incentivized, basically, to try and pay for a better chance at getting better gear inside that stuff. Um, and it seems to me that that's where the vast majority of the monetization side of it is coming from. Um, however, you were talking about the, you know, the general split of uh, game developers going into this stuff or publishers or wherever these whims come from, designing something that is a premium experience and designing that for the casuals. And obviously, there's, also, there's always a hardcore backlash. I did bring in some, um, I keep just saying casuals. You, do. But you know what I mean? Like it's that you sort of know. wider nebulous audience that you, you know, you sort of don't really factor in when we're thinking about a gaming audience. Um, but people they- who aren't on the Reddits. <laughs> yes, people who aren't watching this right now, but yeah. they, might be, they might find us on a sidebar. Um, now, if you bring in these sort of more casual reviews and Ibarra does cite the Apple Store review in his defense of the game. He's like, well, look, it's reviewing really, really well. And on the Apple Store, it does have a, a 4.5 out of five rating, which mm. is incredible incredibly high. Um, on the Android store, it's got 3.6 out of 5. Um, and like I said, over on uh, Battle.net and over on Metacritic and stuff, it is far more lambasted as the, you've kind of got that massive divide between the PC players and the mobile gamers. I think that's yeah. kind of the crux of this and the reason they'll always go forward with it. And same with something like GTA Online, is just that that casual mass audience will always prop something up far more than the discerning connoisseur well, like yourself. 100%, man. Especially when it comes to that divide that you mentioned there between you know PC players or console players mm. and uh, mobile uh, players where on the mobile marketplace these kinds of practices are more normalized they're yeah. more expected out of the games that uh, that audience downloads and therefore that is translated to a score that is you know more reflective of how that experience plays on that specific platform mm. unlike the PC version where it's always been an issue in the console space when mobile practices are brought over even yeah. to free to play games you know that's seen as something really sacrilegious and something <laughs> that just isn't on, rightly so, because it is incredibly um, toxic when it goes when it goes wrong. So I can see why that divide is there 100. Yeah. percent However, you mentioned before that you know Activision Blizzard has made five billion dollars 
uh, in like microtransactions alone. It, Bill, yeah, billion that dollars. is something that has only grown over the years. Yeah. I remember writing an article that uh, Jules so excellently presented a few years ago on Activision kind of shifting from making a load of games a year mm. to just a couple of games a year because they those few titles were making such massive revenue yeah. with the microtransactions that they didn't even need to spend 50 million to produce a single game anymore. And that was a few years ago. That's only climbing as we uh, continue through the 2020s. You know, like box sales used to be here. Mm. Microtransactions used to be there. In every year, man, that is like reverse. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. The thing that's just kind of crazy is like, I don't know anyone who primarily games on mobile. Like I just, I don't, and I know a lot of people, but I don't know anyone whose primary access point for video games is mobile because my assumption with this is that they see Diablo Immortal and they go, okay, it's a full video game. It looks like a premium experience. The graphics are very, very solid. The combat's good enough. Actually, I've downloaded Diablo Immortal since covering this to just see what the hell the big deal was. And it plays well enough. And I think that that whole idea of designing something that looks premium or looks like an actual product yeah. and doesn't fit into what would usually 
usually be, oh, it's a mobile game, the assumptions that come with that, um, lets them get away with more stuff. Yes. Because it's like, well, how could this be ripping me off? How could this be exploiting me? It's clearly a full video game. And it's not Blizzard that's just, uh, no. you know, doing this either. You, you look at how Nintendo approached the mobile <laughs> space initially, it was kind of the exact same. It was like, oh, here's Mario Kart. It looks good. It's on mobile. Yeah. Haven't we given you enough? <laughs> haven't we given you, haven't we done enough? Do you want another Switch as well? Because we've got one of them somewhere, probably. <laughs> Give us some money because this is more than you deserve. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what someone actually said, but that's the vibe that I get when I see these releases Some on executive will have talked like that in a Warner Brothers Ubisoft insert third party here uh, meeting at some point. Or look how much we're giving them. Yeah, um, And certainly. yet they still ask, you know, to be all given it at one price. Um, but yeah, that whole divide overall, I think is just kind of fascinating because it is dictating the way that the industry is going. Um, and like you said, you know, you saw that whole conversation that we've had for the last sort of 10 years or so of various mobile gaming practices being implemented in otherwise AAA productions or higher budget productions, um, that clash has hardly ever been done right. And you can see so yeah. many casualties, Anthem, Avengers, whatever, um, where I see it being done wrong. This, quote unquote, is being done right in the most cold business sense possible yeah. by the amount of money that it's making, the fact that the reviews are fairly, they're high enough, um, especially on one platform, i.e. the Apple stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's just, okay, is this just the future of gaming? Just do one meticulous set of mechanics and then monetize the living hell out of it. That's it, man. I'm, I'm not saying it's right, but I no. can totally see why Blizzard isn't budging on this because, yeah, they look at the money coming in, they can look at uh, the reviews on the Apple Store and what mm. have you, and then they can see the Metacritic and just go, well, that's the outlier. That's the anomaly. <laughs> These vocal Those people online. Crazy, crusty Diablo yeah. fans. Yeah, they they don't matter. They're, they're a drop in the bucket. Yeah. They're not the real fans or whatever. And that's a kind of, I think that's why this will not be going away anytime soon. No. And it will just continue to evolve and uh, kind of, you know, manifest in different ways. You know, we killed loot boxes, at least in their original form. But then oh. those same kind of practices popped up in slightly renamed uh, <laughs> microtransactions, you know what I mean? We killed season passes, mm. and that kind of was reframed as the battle pass later on down the line. Like, these things get knocked on the head, and then they yep. pop up in a different form, What's because that? they just make some money. I think it is just whack them Whack them microtransactions, That's and we've we'll got that one, oh, there's three more of them over there now, uh, where you've got to kind of uh, address them. Do you think the optics of this are just massively skewed by the fact that it landed on PC, and then PC players have the gumption or the history with the franchise to go this is unacceptable with this label attached to it the Diablo name attached to it because it was released on mobile for a chunk of time before it was on PC yeah. and was that just their mistake they should never have put it on PC they attempted to tick both boxes they attempted to do a nice casual little Diablo thing um, which was already in itself memes to death and then they went well the Diablo fans are going to love this we'll put it on PC as well and then that was that's what resulted in the massive backlash and now we're talking about it a lot more than we were when it was just on mobile 100% I think it's the ultimate team effect you know <laughs> FIFA was, you know, pushing Ultimate Team and the microtransactions in Ultimate Team for years. Mm. However, it never really got that much coverage because FIFA players generally skew more casual and that was yeah. just kind of accepted as part of the kind of gaming experience. Mm. However, when similar practices made it over to Star Wars Battlefront 2, a more quote-unquote hardcore game with a more hardcore following online, mm. suddenly it was like, holy hell, like what is going on? <laughs> uh, because the community was way more engaged and was way more scrutinous mm. of what was going on in those titles and yeah I fully agree I think if this like just came out on mobile surely there would be some backlash there was but, but it wouldn't yeah. be as pronounced you know what I mean no. it wouldn't be the kind of 
Metacritic bombing that it is right now. It would have just kind of. I, I imagine we wouldn't have done a second video on it. That no, no, that's, well, that's the thing. It's because they're out there defending it and out there going, look, it's reviewing really well. People love it. And then it's, it is a big talking point in regards to where something comes from and where it ends up. And I think those conversations are always fascinating. You can you can liken the same thing to the history of GTA to a GTA Online and where Rockstar are as a company, for example, as a comparison. Um, what do you think the industry is going to learn from this? Because I look at the comparisons and I think you mentioned Nintendo before. Um, you know, they've done. Super Mario Run, they've done uh, Mario Kart, and Fire Emblem. Um, they've tried, and they all made a ton of money. Fire Emblem was a massive success for them in sheer monetary sense, but it didn't hold a candle to the likes of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, you know, and Bethesda were like, here's a mobile Elder Scrolls, and it was abysmal. It was like on rails, and it was terrible, and you were paying to build the houses and stuff. Um, do you think everyone looks at this and goes, oh, so the thing we're supposed to do is make a premium entry point and then we can monetize the hell out of it? I don't think the gaming industry has learned any lessons in four years. That's <laughs> I just think they keep putting on new clothes. I think they will say that they've learned some lessons. I think they'll say that they've learned some lessons and things definitely may change. But like I said before, it'll it'll change in terms of how things are marketed. It'll yeah. change in terms of how things are named, how mm. things work on the granular sense. I just genuinely think there's too much money at stake and there's too much money coming in for them to kind of view the backlash as anything more than, like I said, you know, kind it's of- It's just some angry fanboys. Yeah, some angry fanboys. Whatever. A drop in the bucket. Why do we need to change substantially? Mm-hmm. It'll be granular rather than, you know, a tectonic shift, in my opinion. Yeah, I can- cynical, but- No, I can see that. And also, I mean, there's the, there's a whole brass tacks reality to this in regards to the amount of mobile game devs and mobile game studio heads that have gone across into AAA development. There's the whole reality that Candy Crush is one of Activision's biggest franchises. And it's like, okay, how can we take this idea of monetizing each individual mechanic and then put that across into the other IPs that they have? And it is ludicrously uh, lucrative when it works out. So let us know what you think down in the comments below of the hell of a state that gaming's in in the mid-2022. Um, in the mid-2022? Yeah, it In mid-2022 when it comes to games like Diablo Immortal. Um, and I don't even have. I don't, games. have a, I don't have a sentence. There are other games. There are other games, probably. <laughs> Callisto Protocol. Just roll into this. Let us know what you think. I'm Scott from Culture.com. I'll be Josh from Culture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.